Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thanks, uh, Mark, for reading that. Good morning to you here in the building and also uh, watching, tuning in at home. It's great to have you uh, with us this morning. Let me pray. Uh, If you've got a Bible uh, with you or you've got one open uh, at home, do keep it open. But let me pray as we come to look at the Bible together. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you. Uh, for all that it tells us about the lovely Lord Jesus. And as we look at your words this morning, help us to find out more about Jesus and why we should love and trust him. Amen. Uh, Now, it's the Sunday after Christmas. Tummies are maybe a little bit full. I guess maybe people are a little bit sleepy. Good to do your exercises. Don't know if you've done your exercises this morning at home. Uh, maybe you're, you're sitting on the sofa, maybe you're still in your pajamas, got your slippers on, but good to do exercises. I like to do mine every morning. Should we do our exercises together? You need to put your fingers up like this. Can you do your fingers up like this? Finley up there at the side, you got your fingers up for your exercises. Let's join in at home. Basil Jackson, I'm watching you as well. Make sure you get your fingers up for this, and here we go. Exercises, exercises, I must do my exercises. Do you manage that? Pretty good. Let's knock it up a level. Start with one up and one out. You ready? Exercises, exercises, I must do my exercises. Well done. Warmed up now. Warmed up. Now, let me ask you, are you good at finding things? I've got my binoculars so I can see people yet find things. I thought this morning, for a bit of a change, we could have a scavenger hunt at home and even here at the building. At home, you'll be able to scurry around. I've got a list of a few things that I'd like you to find. See if you can find them quickly. So when I read one out, if you're at home, Don Henry, some of you others, get ready. You can jump off. 
uh, jump off the sofa, run around, try and find these, bring them back as quickly as you can. In the building, we can't scurry around, so don't do that. But there may be some of these things. Maybe you're wearing one of them. Or maybe you'll see them secretly hidden around in plain view. So you're ready at home, ready to make a move. Here's the first thing I want you to find at home or in the building. See if you can point it out. You might be able to see it somewhere. Here's the first thing, and it's a sock. Off you go at home. Can you point? Yes. In the building. Very, very quickly found. It was just over there. You guys who are up there, you might not have been able to see it. It seems such a shame to put one of Muriel's smelly socks up on these wonderful decorations. But there it is. So back at home, have you arrived back at the sofa? Have you got a sock? Well done. Well done if you got it. Maybe you just whipped it off your foot. Here's the second thing. Can you find, bring back for me, a teddy? Have a look around the building. Finley, have you seen it? There we go. Some of you are pointing in the building. Yeah, that's right. Just in between, in the building. It's just in between the candles over there. Well done. Well done if you spotted that. I'm looking into people's homes right now. Look at that. Some really big teddies there. That's great. That's great. Good to, ha to have those. Um, now, here's the, here's the next thing I want you to find. See if you can spot or bring back at home if you can grab hold of, as quick as you can, a musical instrument. So, oh, Roz has even got one over there. Yeah, there's plenty in the building, isn't there? Look at that. You've, there's an embarrassment of riches here, isn't there? In the building, keyboards, drums, bass guitar over there, tambourines, shakers around the place. At home, you maybe brought some back. Here's, here's another thing, two more. Uh, some keys. Got some keys? People have got some keys just sitting there. You managed to grab some at home? Well done. Have you spotted one in the building? Holly and Leah have. Do you see there's a, there's a key just here? Well done for spotting it, but there's plenty of, plenty of keys. I should have maybe gone for wallets as well. That'd be good. We could have got all of those out, passed them around, shared them around. I should have said, get your wallet out and swap with someone. And here's, here's the final thing. At home, have you got one of these? A star. Yeah, you spotted it in the building. There we go. Well done if you've got one at home. But we've got one in the building right up here. If you're at home, you probably can't see it, but there's one up there. Maybe you've got one at home on top of your tree. It's still there. Now, if you're good at finding things, that's great. Because in our Bible reading that we looked at this morning from Matthew, God helps people find something amazing. Actually, not just something amazing, but someone who's amazing. And that's Jesus. And the reason is because as we'll see as we go through, through this, if you get Jesus, you get everything. Maybe not everything that you think you want, but certainly everything Everything that God says that we need, it all comes through him. Now, if you were listening in, you'll have heard the story. There was Magi, these wise men from the east, and they come following a star. And they're looking, they're looking for the one who's been born king of the Jews. There are probably astrologers looking at the stars to try and figure out how things work. And they come to Jerusalem, and they ask King Herod, where is the one to be born 
king of the Jews. Herod asks his religious advisors, his religious experts, and they tell him in Bethlehem, and he sends them off there. And that's where they go, and they find him. That's the story. That's the gist of the story. But here's, here's something at least, I think, of what God wants us to understand as we look at this lovely part of the Bible. Here's the first thing. God wants everyone, God wants everyone to find and worship Jesus. These guys from the East, uh, they come asking, where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? And Matthew tells us that they want to worship him. And if you're looking at a Bible, you see down in verse 11, well, Matthew puts it like this. Let me read it for us. Uh, he says, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering how they were feeling, well, just a little bit earlier, Matthew tells us in verse 10, as they were getting close, as they were getting close to Bethlehem and they saw the star, Matthew says, they were overjoyed. You remember that feeling as Christmas was getting closer? You see all the presents under the tree. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to Christmas. That feeling of excitement is almost there. Well, that is something of how these guys are feeling. They're overjoyed. And I think part of the reason is because they know, they've been persuaded, that if you get Jesus, you get everything. And they found him. But look, even if that was the case, even if that was the case, and it really is, why would that mean that God wants everyone to find and worship Jesus? I thought I could do a bit of a survey with us all this morning. Let me take my binoculars off. I don't think I need those at the moment. I'm going to do a bit of a survey. I'd like to check up some things about the Christchurch family. I've got my clipboard. Maybe you've seen people in town with clipboards doing surveys. Here's the question I want to ask. Who prefers, and you can do this at home as well, who prefers main courses and who prefers desserts? Did I spell desserts right? I always get confused between desert and desserts. That's dessert, isn't it? Yeah, two S's for dessert. Got it right. That would have been a mistake this morning. Who prefers main courses? I'll ask you in a minute to put your hands up. So main courses, all the things like the meats and the pies and the sausages and all those kind of things. And then, okay, hands up. Hands up for main courses in the building. Quite a few, quite a few. Who prefers desserts, puddings, cheesecakes? All right, okay. In the building, quite an even split. Okay, I'm going to ask at home. You can shove your hand up, and don't worry, we've got the technology to watch as you put your hands up. So at home, put your hands up if you prefer main courses. All right, okay. A good few of you, good few of you with that. Now at home, put your hands up if you prefer desserts. Oh, wow. Oh, that is quite a lot. Right, Steve, Steve, you don't need your hand up that far. That's, that's quite good. That's quite, that's quite a lot. Now, the media team, I'm going to jot some things down there. The media team are able to just compile those stats for us, and they'll give us a percentage result. I think they're going to pop that up on the screen for us now. Can we get the results? They're, wow, look at that. People are... People at Christchurch, with this very accurate result I've, uh, this survey I've done today, apparently 73% of us prefer 
desserts and puddings. It seemed that Christchurch family have got a very sweet tooth. Now, if you like puddings, here's some things for you to think about, because I did a bit of research. I did a bit of research on some of the best ice creams in the world. And I want to see if you can figure out how much they might cost. Let me tell you about these ice creams. The first one is called the Black Diamond. And you get it in the Scoopy Cafe. That's what it's called, apparently, in Dubai, in another part of the world. And I want you to see if you can guess how much it costs for one portion. Do you think it costs somewhere between 30 and 50 pounds? Or do you think it costs over 50 pounds for one portion? Put your hand up if you think between 30 and 50 pounds for a portion of ice cream. Anyone think that? You know the way these things work. Darren, thanks for joining in. At home, you can do as well. Who thinks it costs more than 50 pounds for one portion of ice cream? Let me tell you how much it costs. 600 pounds. <laughs> 600 pounds for one portion of ice cream. Here's the next one. It's called, which you get this title, it's called the golden opulence. That's a word that means pretty fancy. I think that's the definition for it, the golden opulence. Now, what do you think? Let's go big in this. Who thinks it costs somewhere up to 800 pounds for one portion? Or who thinks it costs over 800 pounds? Who thinks up to about 800 pounds? Maybe cost that. A few of you think that? Who thinks it costs 800, eight, over 800 pounds for one portion of ice cream? Are you mad? It doesn't cost that much. It costs 750 pounds. <laughs> 750 pounds for one portion of ice cream. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. It's called the Three Twins Sunday. Let's go big on this. What do you think? Less than 1,000 pounds or more than, more than, more than 1,000 pounds? Okay, who thinks it costs less than 1,000 pounds for one portion of ice cream? Okay, who thinks it costs more than a thousand pounds? More than one thousand pounds for a portion of ice cream. Let me tell you, it costs, so I'm told, two thousand five hundred pounds for a portion of ice cream, but you get to eat it with an antique spoon. <laughs> now, when I hear that, I think that's just an old spoon, isn't it? And also, while you're eating it, somebody plays the cello for you. Because ice cream always tastes better when someone's playing the cello for you. But £2,500. Now, when I hear that, two things occur to me. One is, people are just mad, aren't they? And the second thing is, you realize in life, some things, some things are just for special people. Some things are only for people who've maybe got enough money or live in the right place, or get to go to the right restaurants, or have the right friends. Some things are just for special people, but not with God. That's not what God's plans are like. God wants everyone to find and worship Jesus. And remember what that means, because if you get Jesus, you get everything. And I'll tell you how I know because these wise men who traveled from the east, they were people who were right outside of God's family. They'd probably grown up worshiping other gods. 
And yet God leads them to find and worship Jesus too. And if you get Jesus, you get everything. And that means the Bible saying to us, whoever you are, even if you think you're someone who's been far away from God, even if nobody thinks you're very special at all, you don't feel very special, you feel very far away, God wants you to find and worship Jesus too. And if you get Jesus, you get everything that God has to offer. Let's just think about that for a moment. And while we do, we're going to sing our next Christmassy song this morning, a Christmas song of praise on that very first Christmas. The musicians, oh, is this one on video? This one's on video. Musicians can stay seated. So when the music begins, I think there's actions for this as well. As the music begins, at home, you can sing out really loud. Those of us in the building, we'll join, we'll stand and join in as best we can. But as the music begins, let's stand and praise God together. Fellas, please do sit down, sit down at home as well. Good dance moves, good dance moves for there. We were thinking before, weren't, weren't we, what the Bible was saying. God wants everyone, God wants everyone to find and worship Jesus. But I guess you could have a question, couldn't you? Well, well why? Why should we worship Jesus? Well, here's part of the answer uh, the Bible gives in, in this passage. It says, worship Jesus because... He's the shepherd king. You see, I've got a crown here and a little sheep. Now, that seems a strange thing to say, the shepherd king. What, what does that mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be a shepherd king? Well, I think we all know there's, there's many things in life that are just sad. There's many things in this world that makes this world a sad place at times. And the Bible, the Bible as well as you read it, is sad about all those things that go wrong in the world. But unlike us... He's not very surprised by them. Because it says almost from the very beginning, when people began to turn away from God, do their own thing, say no to him, what the Bible calls sin, it says it was always going to end in a sad way for us when we did that. But the Bible says God has a plan. He had a plan, and as you read through the Bible, you begin to discover this plan is all about Jesus and you realize as you read that, even the Bible is saying, you get Jesus, you get everything. And one of the places you hear about that is in a book in the Old Testament called Micah. And when Herod asks his religious experts where the king was to be born, they read from Micah in the Old Testament. And it says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But it also tells us something about him what he's going to be like. Let me read a little bit. In verse 6, it says this, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. God's going to send a ruler, a king, a king who will also shepherd his people. Uh, a shepherd king. You know what it's like? Kings are in charge, aren't they? Kings who wear the crown, they're the ones who are in charge. They're the ones who get to say what's right and wrong. But it's also a king's job to make sure there's nothing in his kingdom to spoil it. And God had a plan that one day he would send a king 
who would put an end to everything that is sad in his kingdom, everything that's sad in his world. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine living in a place where there's nothing to make you sad anymore, nothing to make you afraid, nothing to make you feel anxious? God had a plan to send a king who would be able to do that. And when I hear that, I think, I'd like to live in a place like that. And I'd like to belong to a king like that as well. But then I think as well, you know, sometimes I've not always done what God says I should. Sometimes I say no to this king. I disobey him. I turn away from him. But that's what's so great about God's plan because Jesus is not just a king. He's, well, he's the shepherd king. And one thing that shepherds are really good at is finding lost sheep. In fact, shepherds will go to great lengths to rescue sheep that have got lost. And the Bible says this was God's plan to send Jesus to be, to be the shepherd's king. And these wise men, these wise men who find Jesus actually discover he's the one who's come to find them. He's the shepherd king. One day, he'll fix the whole world, remove everything uh, that makes it sad. And he's also the one who, like a shepherd, can come and get you. And he's gone to great lengths, even giving himself on the cross so we could be forgiven. Jesus is the shepherd king. He's amazing. And he's not just for special people. God wants everyone to find and worship him. God wants you to find him. And remember, if you get Jesus, you get everything. I guess just one final thing briefly is, is, is how do you find him? And I think you get an answer in this story that we've read. Uh, the wise men come looking for Jesus, and that's a really good thing to do, to be, to be going looking for him. But there comes a point in the story where they hit a spot of bother. They don't know where to go. And you know what helps them? Uh, you find it in verse 5. Uh, we read this. Uh, they're told, he'll be in Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what the prophet has written. Or they go to the Bible. Uh, they go to God's words. It's really God's word that leads them to find Jesus. That's true for you if you want to find Jesus for the first time. And it's still true if you've been a Christian for some time and you want to get, him and get to know him more. The Bible is the way God leads us to know Jesus. Boys and girls, if you're very young, maybe you're not great at reading yet, ask mommy and daddy or those who care for you at home, will you read the Bible with me so I can hear about the lovely Lord Jesus? And if you're bigger, don't get out of the habit of reading the Bible. It's not reading for reading's sake. It's how God leads us to find and know and love Jesus. And remember, you get Jesus you get everything. Thanks very much for listening. We're going to sing again now. The musicians are coming up this time, I think. We're going to sing in the building, and we're going to stand and join in as best we can at home.
uh, you can sing your hearts out. Do stand up and join with us as well as we sing about these kings, these wise men who came looking and found the Lord Jesus.